0: We are, yeah, yeah. So I, I, anyway, my point is, I, I'm playing. So we're playing Magic, and I'm really upset because people keep fucking schooling me with legal decks that work, and the rules are allowed. And I'm upset because they're not. To me, it's not fun. To me, like,
1: just decking you.
0: Yeah, and when you and I play, like, neither of us plays that way. So yeah, it's fun, right? I don't mind losing, but I hate losing in a way that feels like cheap to me like when I'm playing Mortal Kombat right if if somebody's just really good at hitting like up down uppercut up down uppercut over and over and over again until I lose like playing with my roommate in college (laughs) that's actually did I ever tell you that that was like one of the the reasons that I moved out of that house yeah in Cape Cod yeah (laughs) because we got into a huge fight over Mortal Kombat and I packed my shit and fucking well, left.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I can absolutely, like, it, there were so many things very frustrating about him. He could be really funny to hang out with Oh, if you he was so up. funny. But, <laughs> but if it was just something like where you're hanging out sober playing video games, I can just oh. imagine that it's, like, the least fun thing on earth. Dude,
0: he, he was a legitimately funny guy. And yeah. I, I was actually thinking about him the other day. And maybe the, the time has come for me to reach out to him. I don't know. But... Um, yeah, man, I literally moved out of that house over Mortal Kombat. Not because I lost, yeah. but because I did not like the way that he won. <laughs> and to me, the difference the difference is tangible. I am not a sore loser. I, I will happily, and I hope that at this point you can attest to that. I am not a sore yeah. loser. I will happily lose any game as long as I have lost well. I do not like being, like, spammed
1: into the dust by bullshit. As long as you're having fun. (laughs) 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 Yeah,
0: I mean... (laughs) All jokes aside, yeah. Yeah. Seriously, as long as it's fun, I don't care. Like, I don't want to play a game and be fucking miserable the whole time. And losing doesn't make me miserable, but certain, like, methods of winning winning
1: cheaply yeah Yeah,
0: that makes me miserable and I don't want to play that that game that would
1: be like when I was younger and I was playing uh like Soul Calibur uh Soul Calibur 2 oh that game fucking rocks right but there was uh, I forget the guy's name is the guy with the staff oh uh uh Kilik Yeah, kill yeah. Yeah. Like, I I was really good with him, and there was a thing that you could do that was really annoying, and I would choose not to do it, except to, like, fuck with people, like, really quickly, where you could just kind of, like, toss the staff at them a little bit. Like, it'd be, like, a very long-range attack, you could just kind of, like, keep doing it, and it's so fucking annoying. You just keep kind of, like, tapping them on the forehead with it. (laughs) It's sort of like, he's like the Eddie Gordo of Soul Calibur. Do you remember Eddie Gordo from Tekken?
0: Who's, like, Mm. the capoeira guy with the dreadlocks? Yep, Yeah. And the whole game is built around, like, Tekken is a hard game, and there's, like, tons of g- I'm not good at fighting games. Tekken's a hard game. Yeah. And uh, Eddie Gordo, I think he got introduced in, like, Tekken 3, which was another awesome game that I had on PS1. And you could, like, it goes from, like, being these, like, slow-moving guys we have to know the combos. So all of a sudden, like, if you're Eddie Gordo, he's just flipping and zipping all over the place. And you yep. could fucking beat anybody in those first couple of games just because he was fast and no one else was fast like that. Yeah, and and Keelik was like that, and Tallinn in the same game. Remember Tallinn? She was like was... green hair and had like little arm blades, and she could kind of flip them around and. Mm, kind of. That's Soul Calibur too. That's same yeah. same game. I yeah. always like to play as Mitsurugi, but uh, you know I ended up getting my ass kicked. But he was the coolest yeah. character in that fucking game. Yeah, uh, Cervantes too. Oh, Cervantes was cool, man. <laughs> just a he's fucking like the ghost weirdo pirate, weirdo, fucking like sex gimp. Just Named like after the... <laughs> like the greatest Spanish novelist, yeah. and he's just like this weird. Oh no, the sex gimp was Valdo.
1: Oh, that's what... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cervantes, no. Cervantes was like Cervantes the zombie the pirate. pirate
0: with yeah, yeah. who had the soul edge and yeah. uh, and a uh, gun. And yeah. then Valdo was like the, the sex gimp with the uh, fist yeah, blades. Yeah, he would just be
1: like kind of like slinking around. Yeah, <laughs> the, the whole like time the whole he's just out. moonwalking
0: slowly, <laughs> yeah. but in like a highly subjective way. And you're just like, oh man, I like I'm 12, I'm feeling something watching the way this guy moves, <laughs> and he's like a weird zombie sex gimp. Like I know yeah. that's not what I'm into, but also <laughs> is it? Like I don't yeah. know. Um, and then there's, oh, man, speaking of, do you remember Ivy? Yeah. Ivy was with the supposed chain to be like poison. Yeah, the, she was
1: like Poison Ivy from Batman.
0: Um, I don't know. All I know is that they gave her, like, gigantic tits. And yeah. as a young man, I remember seeing those PS2 boobs <laughs> and just being so <laughs> enamored with them. <laughs> and... I mean, I'm not going to go into details, but I paused that game as much as okay, I played it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Don't go into details.
0: So I'll go into details. So, no, I'm just gonna- <laughs> um,. as good a time as any to say yeah. welcome and hello to Left Unread. Uh, this is, what, episode 11?
1: Yeah, we are now on episode 11, so... We're trucking right along, you and I. Yeah. Yes. Yes, we are.
0: I feel good yes, about it. Yes, we are,
1: Cam. Yeah.
0: Can I just say, can I just take a brief pause to just say that I'm proud of us? Because yeah. we talked about doing this for a very long time.
1: Yeah, for like six years.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've known each other now for... Ten years, ten years, eleven years, and like it, yeah. yeah, we've talked about this for more than half of that. Yeah, and here it is, and we're eleven episodes in, and like, the episodes are still getting good downloads. Your last episode yep. was fucking awesome. Yeah, and that was like just your just like a like,
1: throwaway episode. I'm
0: sick, and I'm gonna make an episode, and it it rocked, I, and yeah, wrote it in like three hours right before we recorded. Yeah, man, and I yep. I I love that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really excited about it. I'm, I'm feeling well, really yeah, good. yeah, I
1: guess a lot of people wanted to hear about that pervert Matt Gates and his pervert
0: <laughs> friend Joel Greenberg. Well, they're in luck, aren't they, Evan? Because it seems as though we've got a little bit to talk about today.
1: Yeah, we've got some updates. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, if, if you'd like to dive into them, let, yeah. why don't we
1: start with updates on Matt Gates? All what? right, yeah. So, um, of course, one of my favorite podcasts is On, and they are the undisputed... Uh, King and Queen at doing like investigative podcasts, I guess. Yeah, they So rock. of course, uh, so of course, the day after we record the Matt Gates episode, bam, they drop one and they call it uh, Ben Gatesy, <laughs> which like, fuck it. <laughs> I will say is a
0: fucking stellar name, dude. That's amazing. We're game. not mad at like... them for that. I <laughs> no, mean, that, no. that's a great name. Now I. I will say though, I demand that you get recognition for Enemy at the Gates because that's also an <laughs> yeah. awesome name. I was yep. really really happy with that, and I wanted to call it Enemy Matt the Gates. Yeah. And Evan talked me out of it wisely, and I'm yeah. I'm so glad that he did because it would not have been the same.
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny, because like uh, I have like a DM going with uh, my buddies uh, Ian and Pat, and. Um, like, right when the Matt Gate stuff came out, I was like, damn, I wanted to do an episode about this. I could call Enemy at uh, Enemy at the Gates. Yeah. I was like, "Some so I was very happy that we actually got to do that. No,
0: absolutely. And we should also yeah. do an Enemy at the Gates uh, uh, <laughs> movie episode someday. There's movie so night. many shitty, awesome history movies that I oh, really... Oh, dude, there's a,
1: there's a Roe vs. Wade one that I think we should do. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it just came out. Mike Lindell has a cameo in it. That rocks. Mike Lindell. So... Dude, uh, so last night Roger I was at Stone. work.
0: Oh, sorry. Roger Stone has a cameo in it. Yeah. As an actor.
1: What? Well, As an actor? Yeah. I, yeah. He's like a background person. He's like driving like a like a cab or something. But I'm, Mike Lindell oof. plays a news anchor. I
0: just want to see uh, Roger Stone's hairline in HD. I'm yeah. fascinated by it, and I, I, I wish that I could say that I spent most of my time reading about Roger Stone, like reading about his salacious personal life and details, but truly what i'm reading about well what i'm looking for is close-up photos of his weird ghoulish face because he looks so unique
1: yeah, yeah and he's always he's just wearing like fucking like 10 watches and like, yeah he dresses like, one-off suits he's, he's got dresses a richard like he's, nixon
0: tattoo he dresses like he's a character in like a neil gaiman novel like if you yeah. found out that he was playing like despair in american gods the tv show or some shit like that makes sense like he 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 looks like he's some sort of weird character playing
1: the role that he is in real life it's 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 very bizarre yeah um but anyway so i think we should do one on that but um yeah so anyway so trumanon uh they of course released an episode uh the day before ours came out and they had like twice the information that i had um so but one of the stories i was in i loved so i'm just gonna say that one real quick sure apparently there was one night where like gates and greenberg like went out like got like wasted they were probably on like molly and shit like that Mm -hmm, they end up mm -hmm. going into the tax collector's office like late at night like 2 (laughs) a.m and they're just totally fucked up and they just spread out all this shit and they're just making fake ids for these underage girls yeah and they they were cutting up...
0: up Old yeah. uh discarded IDs that had been turned in by people yeah. getting new
1: IDs. Yeah, so so and they're so fucked up, they end up leaving without cleaning up whatsoever. So like a few hours later when an employee goes in, they just see this shit scattered all over the place. Yeah. Fucking like <laughs> gnarly IDs
0: everywhere. Yeah. And they texted him. And so I learned yeah. this also from Truanon. Yeah. Um, but apparently in Florida the tax collector works like the DMV. And yeah. so yeah, yeah. I was making fun of the fact that he's like the tax collector and that's like a nothing yeah. office, but apparently being the tax collector in a County in, in Florida is actually like a fairly, I mean, you know, in air quotes, a fairly prestigious office that carries yeah. a certain degree of political power with it. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And they were just cutting up old discarded IDs to make fake IDs for the girls that they wanted to fuck that yeah. were
1: underage. Yeah, and then, uh, so I have a friend that lives in, uh, Florida, and she texted me, like, yesterday, and she says, I cannot believe 99% of the things I'm hearing about Floridian politicians in this Matt Gates episode. <laughs> and then she said, uh, I inspired her to Google, um, her former tax collector for her county, and the first article was about him paying a fine for, like, unethical, <laughs> uh, conduct. Wow. So... Totally different, totally different county, too. So, Florida rocks, dude. South Florida, Flor- Florida's Shouts great. Shouts out, Florida fans. I used to have family in Florida. I
0: actually still have family in Florida. Just I have, yeah, I have quite a bit of family in Florida. Yeah, <laughs> I still have family. Yeah, your mom lives in Florida, right? Yeah, as dude. well as uh, her like a bunch of her family. Yeah, I, I, I have cousins, I think, in Florida. Yeah, my grandparents used to live in Florida. Yeah, Florida is such a funny state because it's so appealing for the obvious reasons, like it's so beautiful. There's so much beautiful nature there. Um, The weather is so nice when it's nice. But God, is Florida just a trash place.
1: Yeah, I mean, also, but, like, also, like, like, when you drive in Florida, like, honestly, because it's totally flat. Yeah. Totally flat. There's no elevation. And so, like, sometimes you're, like, you're driving, and you're driving for, like, two hours, and you feel like you're still looking at the same goddamn strip mall you were looking at when you left. Yeah. Like, it is, like, on a treadmill sometimes. Yeah. My dad is actually, like, I guess you could say from
0: Florida. My dad was born yeah, yeah. in Florida. And he contends that Florida is just about the worst place there is. <laughs> yeah. But, but shout-out to my dad, who's from Vialia, Florida. It's a great place.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh,
0: so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so
1: anyway. Also, uh, so there was some more stuff that came out in the news as well about Matt Gaetz. Um, according to the Daily Beast... Uh, there were uh, some late-night Venmo transactions going on. <laughs> <And> these <laughs> fucking goofballs, these total morons, just like brain-dead idiots, are sitting there committing their crimes as public people using Venmo, the most public of all, uh, like, mo- like <laughs> money payment apps. And they were just, like, sending each other money for their underage girls. Ugh. Uh, so it I'm rocks. quoting right from the Daily Beast article right here. In two late-night Venmo transactions in May 2018, Rep. Matt Gates sent his friend, the accused sex trafficker Joel Greenberg, $900. The next morning, over the course of eight minutes, Greenberg used the same app to send three young women varying sums of money. In total, the transactions amounted to $900. The memo field for the first of Gates's transactions to Greenberg was titled "Test." In the second, a Florida GOP congressman wrote, hit up blank. But instead of a blank, Gates wrote a nickname for one of the recipients. The Daily Beast is not sharing that nickname because the teenager had only turned 18 less than six months before. When Greenberg then made his Venmo payments to these three young women, he described the money as being for, quote, tuition, school, and school. <laughs> <laughs> so, they were using fucking Venmo. The streets. They were using Venmo, yeah. which would say Matt Venmo's like
0: Venmo is like a mini Twitter at this point. Like yeah. People comment on your Venmo. People can like, yeah. oh, like I your mine. Venmo.
1: I deleted mine. Uh, t-
0: yeah, t- I only I have Venmo for a couple very specific uh, monthly payments that I make, and I'm really, yeah. really hoping that people shift away from it soon because yeah. as much as I tease you for not using it, it is an, an objectively dog shit platform.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Once they started asking me for my, like, social security number, I was like, eh, you're not getting that shit. Yeah. Um, Only two people
0: know that, me and
1: God. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Bless up. (laughs) Um, So, uh, also, Greenberg has been federally indicted on 33 counts and is expecting to strike a plea deal as he is cooperating fully with investigators. Nice. Yeah, he's definitely a snitch. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Nice. Uh, And also, um, Daniel O'Keefe, who performed a forensic audit of the county, said of Greenberg, no one has any idea what he was doing. Zero. Zero. Well, I think we do now. Yeah, I think we know. (laughs) I think we know that. Man, it
0: it is a fun story, and I I haven't kept up with it, so I actually personally benefited from this this recap because, as I told you before we started recording...
1: I haven't followed through with this at
0: all. Yeah. I said that I would and I haven't. So,
1: yeah. But yeah, if you uh, if you are interested in uh, uh in more of the Matt Gates story, I suggest looking up The True and 1 for anybody who doesn't know that podcast. Yeah, it's uh, amazing. Yeah, Ben
0: Gatesy, the episode of The True and podcast. Those guys are awesome. Yeah. And another I know we've like periodically mentioned podcasts that we're both influenced by and True and yeah. is certainly one. They're awesome and they really 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 have influenced the way that I think we both, yeah, hope to present this podcast, both in terms of like candor and humor, but also in terms of research and yeah, you know, finding a nice balance between the two, like being a fun and funny podcast that still manages to be informative. They like rigorously
1: uh, research, yeah,
0: yeah. They're absolutely one of the best. Yeah, <clears throat> I gotta run and take a quiz, a uh, quick piss, and I'm gonna take off <laughs> a quiz. I gotta take a quiz, and I'm gonna take yeah. off my Swiss. And- Let's hop back to reality.
1: I think we have an ad spot.
0: Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so this week we actually do have an ad spot, and this is a, a pretty interesting one, especially given this week's subject matter. Um, <laughs> Excuse me, I should have done that right to the microphone. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's okay. I find myself doing that too. Like I'll lean in to like, like breathe in or like <laughs> scratch. Or like. Oh. <laughs> um, so we do have an ad spot today. Um, And we will commence with that right now. Today's episode is brought to you by an exciting new compilation from Time Life Entertainment. In preparation for the obviously imminent death of Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, the audio engineers at Time Life have spent years compiling a wonderfully curated collection of never-before-heard quotes and musings from one of modern history's sharpest wits. We are proud to present Prince Philip, The B-Sides. This 8-CD collection contains all-new, never-released <laughs> recordings of the formerly living Prince. <laughs> Digitally remastered in high fidelity, lossless sound quality, and presented to you now for the low, low price of just $39.99. You've heard the classics. In the event that I am reincarnated, I would like to return as a deadly virus to contribute something to solving overpopulation. Now here are the B-sides. Here is but a small selection of the gems within this stunning collection. I say Elizabeth the royal buttocks is looking rather robust this afternoon. (laughs) What do you say to a spit of spotted dick? (laughs) And what would a collection of Prince Philip quotes be without some playful social elitism? That's your house. Oh, how perfectly horrid. I assumed that was some sort of a massive pile of diarrhea or some such. Where do you stable your polo horses? Truly a treasure, and how could we forget this absolutely on-the-nose racist gem? (laughs) Confounded, I seem to have had rather a bit of a tinkle in my trousers. I suppose now my knickers will look positively Chinese. (laughs) And of course, to round out the collection, we've included a lovely selection of mumbled, sundowning nonsense. Of course, we all hated the Turks in those days, but that didn't stop us from having a bit of fun. On Sundays, we would toss rocks at the deaf boy who lived next door, and if we were especially good, mummy would give us a toffee each, which was all lovely except for my frequent tendency to make sick on myself at the sight of any sort of bird or lizard-shaped thing, for which I would, of course, be disciplined quite severely, often spending days locked in a small box meant for keeping old bits of dried-up fish, you know, quite typical for a boy of 16 all these beautiful anecdotes and more can be found within Prince Philip, the B sides, new from Time Life. Order now and input the code left on red seven at checkout to receive a complimentary Union Jack themed tea tray, just like a real British person would have. Godspeed to you, Philip, and may you live another ninety nine long years in heaven.
1: at <laughs> <God damn.
0: laughs> him. My trousers wow, are man.
1: positively Chinese. <laughs>
0: Dude, so I actually didn't just nail it because I wasn't counting on having my headphones on and it kind of screwed with me, but yeah. I watched a bunch of interviews with Prince Philip uh, prior to this. There, uh, Well, a bunch is a, a stretch. There's not a ton yeah. of them. He didn't do them very often because he was, like, famously...
1: <laughs> famously <laughs> I don't know. Not, not the person you want talking yeah, to, like, any other human. Yeah, like, his foot, foot was forever
0: in his mouth. And, um, yeah. yeah, so uh, that's really cool that... that, that
1: part of the episode fuck yeah why not all right so this week's episode is um somewhat related to cam's uh cam's ad spot right there uh sure. and the fact that it is british um but we are going to start a series on Geoffrey of monmouth's the history of the kings of britain uh also known in the original latin that it was written in as historia regum britanniae um, so this book is stupid as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Hell it's, yeah, bro. Hell uh, yeah. Uh, so it was written in Latin by Joffrey of Monmouth around 1136. Is it uh, Joffrey CE. or Jeffrey? I, I just assume Joffrey. I don't know. I mean, as you, he, could, like, as uh, you were. I don't know. Yeah. I assume it's Joffrey of Monmouth. Maybe it's Jeffrey. Um, you know, there's plenty of debate about the actual year, but the consensus is that uh, it came out around 1136. See, now I want to look it up. Is it Joffrey or Jeffrey? I just assumed.
0: I mean, that's how you spell the name Jeffrey sometimes. Yeah. It's either with a J E or
1: a G E O. Oh. Uh, let's see. I don't want to open up a video, but. Okay, I
0: guess it is Jeffrey. All right, so we'll go with Let, Jeffrey. Let's just we can we can take it again from the start if you want, or we can just keep going and leave all of this in so everyone knows our creative process. Yeah, I
1: I, I really don't give a shit. Fuck yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. <laughs> okay, Jeffrey <laughs> so, of Monmouth. He's always been Jeffrey. Yeah. So as I said before, in exactly the same way, it was written by <laughs> Jeffrey of Monmouth um, <laughs> around 1136, and uh, a, um, according to the Penguin Classics introduction written by Lewis Thorpe which is the edition that I read. The book uh, may be said to bear the same relationship to the story of the early British inhabitants of our own island, as in their island, as do the 17 historical books in the Old Testament for Genesis uh, to Esther, to the early history of the Israelites in Palestine. All right. Which means it doesn't (laughs) have really anything to do with history. Uh, It is uh, is the book that uh, popularized... The tale of king arthur and the and the uh magician merlin so that's really the first the first time that story was actually like out in a way that that became famous the mm-hmm. story was obviously changed throughout the years but this is the really the first time that you that it was written down and as thorpe further explains uh or further writes, he explains to us in his preface jeffrey's purpose in writing the book was to trace the history of the britons through a long sweep of the 1900 years Stretching from the mythical Brutus, great-grandson of the Trojan Aeneas, because apparently everything in history...
0: Has <laughs> like to go every, back to the,
1: the Trojan yeah, War. Yeah, the Trojans have to found every motherfucking civilization. Yeah. Can't Even in shit fucking island. <laughs> like, okay. way across the continent. all right. Okay, we don't have to call it shit island, all right, buddy? <laughs> yeah. So Thorpe further writes... Uh, As he explains to us in his preface, Geoffrey's purpose in writing the book was to trace the history of the Britons through a long sweep of the 1900 years, stretching from the mythical Brutus, great-grandson of the Trojan Aeneas, because every civilization in Europe needs to be founded by the fucking Trojans, um, (laughs) (laughs) whom he's supposed to have given his name to the island after he had landed there in the 12th century before Christ, down to his last British king, Codwallader. Who harassed by plague, famine, civil dissension, and never-ending invasion from the continent, finally abandoned Britain to the Saxons in the seventh century of our era. Mm. So yeah, according to this history, um, uh, Jeffrey says that Brutus, who was just you know a a son of Troy, uh, just uh, (laughs) you know found a bunch of people and was like, "Eh, I guess we'll just. Go live somewhere else, and then he eventually found a bunch more Trojans, and they're like, "Hell yeah, let's go!" And then they just like killed a bunch of Europeans, and then <laughs> landed in Britain. <laughs> uh, yeah, because like far far be it for us to like
0: admit that that we're all just descended from the same, yeah, non Roman, non Greek people yeah. as everyone else in Europe.
1: Yeah, no, no, um, nope. It's gotta gotta be gotta be Mediterranean. You gotta trace it back, otherwise you're just yeah. Know shittier in some way, I guess you got to find a way to bring it back to Homer. You didn't bring it back to Homer, then Mm. you're just like one of those dirty Germanic peoples, yeah. Which and we're not that. Spoiler alert, we are, (laughs) yeah, we are that, yeah. (laughs) Even even some of us that are from closer to the Mediterranean, because there was a lot of migrations, yes, such as you, yeah, unnamed co host. Um, So, Geoffrey's purpose was to provide sometimes a simple account of the genealogy of the royal primogeniture, uh, but more often to provide a massive amount of detail about certain rulers, and he would even allow individual events to swell to mythic proportions. Hmm. Uh, The narrative climax (laughs) is with the legendary King Arthur, and after his reign, Geoffrey's interest quickly fades away it's like, and then some other fucking shit happens yeah. or whatever um, well I mean uh, to be honest with you like it's like watching like
0: it's you know what it is it's like going from watching Raiders of the Lost Ark and then if it goes <laughs> immediately to Kingdom of the Crystal Skull that's yeah. British history
1: yeah King
0: Arthur is Raiders like that's a tough act to follow yeah and then the
1: Saxons come yeah and which then is you get also Kingdom interesting
0: the <laughs> yeah the whole thing's interesting
1: yeah it is Everything's Um,
0: raiders. It's all raiders.
1: Yeah. So since the invasion of the Saxons, the Bretons have been divided into two peoples. Those who fled back across the English Channel to the Armorican Peninsula of France, where the Kingdom of Brittany is located, or was located, and those that fled to the mountains in the west of the island of Great Britain to become the Welsh. Uh, According to the name he ascribes himself in the book, Geoffrey is likely from Monmouth, Referring to himself as various forms of, and I am probably going to fuck this up, uh, various forms of Gaufridus Monum- mm-hmm. Um And there are, like, many different ways that he spells his own name in the book. Uh, he also, And he also display, displays a wealth of knowledge about current and historical Wales and Gaul. Gaul being, generally speaking, France. Greater France. Yeah.
0: Greater exactly. Roman
1: France. Yeah, Um, and also post-Roman, you know, like late antiquity, uh, prior to... But before um, the Franks had established total control. Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't
0: Francia, Francia. Yeah, yeah. The 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 native peoples of France
1: were Celtic, just like uh, the peoples of of the British Isles. Yeah, so just broadly Gaul. Uh, So Geoffrey also claims that he was translating an ancient book, written in the british language presumably according to thorpe this means the welsh language or old welsh mm. and that he was taking this book and directly translating it into latin he mentions an archdeacon of oxford walter that provided him <laughs> this original book however it is also plausible that he made everything up uh, there is no <laughs> yeah. welsh text available that can even be considered the groundwork for the history never mind be the original now, this does not rule out it's being real, however, and uh, most medieval manuscripts have been lost to time, and this could have been a unique copy. Mm-hmm. Now, at this point, uh, Thorpe goes through a few different possibilities. Now, Acton Griscom, building upon work by Sir Flinders Petrie. these the are You funny. made these people up. <laughs> I did, not dude. Acton Griscom. And yes. Sir Flinders Petrie?
0: <laughs> That's yet. a guy? Yeah! Some guy had a kid and was like, and we shall name him Flinders. Flinders, <laughs> yeah.
1: So, so right. uh, in the early 20th century, Acton Griskim, building upon the work of Sir Flinders Petrie, believes it's possible that while Geoffrey's ancient text was lost to time, there may be evidence that it once existed. He posits that there are Welsh texts, admittedly later in date than the history, although this does not mean their material is later in date, that correspond to some of the stories rather broadly in Jeffrey's book. Mm. Another possibility is that Jeffrey was being symbolic when he said a quote very ancient book and that rather walter the archdeacon had actually relayed the information himself to Geoffrey of monmouth with some very minor textual evidence in the history to support this idea or at least that walter of oxford was well learned in history right so when he said a very ancient book it was just like a broad way of
0: saying these are old stories that have been relayed to me and rather than just being like a guy who knows a lot told me this he's like i found an ancient book yeah. <laughs> an ancient, yeah. My, book but my buddy called, Walter told me this. Yeah. An ancient book called "Stories," my friend Walter told yeah. me. Stories and he couldn't of, call it that. Yeah. So. The Walterin Stories. Which, granted, I guess we shouldn't really knock that because that's essentially yeah. what we're doing right here. Stories my friends Evan and Cam told me.
1: Yeah. AKA yeah. a
0: very ancient book of all things. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 So uh, in 1951, Jacob Hammer printed a variant version of the history, which differs in many ways from the standard or Vulgate version. Vulgate is what's called the original Latin version, because Vulgar uh, was the Vulgar Latin tongue. Uh, So it differs in many ways from the standard Vulgate version. Hammer proposes that this variant version was based on Jeffrey's text, but that a contemporary author wrote it. However, Robert A. Caldwell proposed the theory that this text possibly precedes the Vulgate, in that it is an early draft with original sources, and the Vulgate is a deliberate revision. This revision lacks any reference to the ancient book, or this version, sorry, lacks any reference to the ancient book or Walter the Archdeacon. In this version, there are no references to Geoffrey at all, except for a colophon at the end, which may be a fake. Mm -hmm. Therefore, if the colophon is a fake, then the book may have been written in Latin by someone else and adapted slightly by Geoffrey. Is a colophon like like an author's mark? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just like a little Mark saying who made the book. Gotcha. Yep. yep. Uh, so to recap the possibilities, Geoffrey of Monmouth wrote the history of the kings of Britain from a source book in Old Welsh, but the source book was lost over time with no other trace. hmm Geoffrey wrote the history from a source book, and while the source was lost, we can trace at least one written Old Welsh source through the dynastic genealogies of the Harley Manuscript 3859 and in the Nennian list of the cities of Britain. Mm-hmm. Also, there is that Jeffrey's source was the oral tradition personified through his friend Walter the Archdeacon. Stories my friend Walter told me, which I yeah. I like The that. Walter tales. Yeah. The tales of Walter. Yeah. Uh, there's also the possibility that behind Jeffrey's Vulgate text was a pseudo-Jeffrey. <laughs> who had written, that he fucking... Thorpe uses the term pseudo-Jeffrey. <laughs> uh, was a pseudo-Jeffrey who had uh. written the earlier variant text and left no clue to his personality and was happy to see his text fathered onto Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, any of these could be true, or any combination of two or more, or some intermediary, uh, intermediary, uh, intermediary between some <laughs> pair of them, or none of them.
0: Pseudo-Jeffrey.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, however, Thorpe concludes that all careful analysis of the text indicates that neither Jeffrey nor the pseudo-Jeffrey made the material up from whole cloth. It's true that much of the material is wrong in history and was invented by someone as there is ample circumstantial evidence in the background material that, while twisted beyond recognition, contains a kernel of truth that makes it difficult to have been invented by the author. There are many cross-references between the versions to Cicero, Juvenal, Lucan, Apulius, Livy, Virgil, the Old Testament, and the New, and to many different Latin writers. There are also strange archaeological proofs to some of the stories presented in the history that were discovered after Geoffrey of Monmouth wrote it. For instance, there is a story recounted of how Venedati Venado- decapitated an entire Roman legion in London and threw their heads into a stream called Nantgallum, also known in the Saxon language as Galabrog. In the 1860s, a large number of skulls with practically no other bones were dug up in the bed of the Walbrook. Hmm. So This was a story that wasn't repeated anywhere else. Like We didn't know where it, Like seems like, oh, it's just a fake story, but then people are like, yeah, hey, we found a bunch of fucking heads over here.
0: Right. And so either it's true or someone some weirdo went to like strange violent lengths to fake yeah. it.
1: That I mean, well, I would imagine that they dated the skulls and they pre In the eighteen sixties, yeah. How would they have
0: done that? But well I yeah, mean, also yeah after I mean, the
1: fact. If they still have the skulls you can date them. Totally, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so while the work itself is fiction and unacceptable as history, there are bits of actual truth throughout it that keep popping up. Right.
0: yeah kind of like the stories of Tiberius that we talked about wherein like we can obviously accept certain broad strokes of it as some version of the truth but like a lot of the fun
1: details those are just fun details yeah or like you know if you you get into Caligula like some of the stuff about him like having people like stab the sea and shit like that to fight Poseidon probably not true yeah Although this one is much more fantastical and, like, magical. Mm-hmm. So the, this the history of the kings of Britain. Uh, so now onto the work itself. So Joffrey divides the work up throughout the book to three main dominant personalities. There is Brutus, the legendary founder of the nation and father figure, very much akin to Romulus in Roman history. There's Bellinus, who is supposed to have captured and sacked Rome with his brother Brennius. Oh, okay. Um because well, Bren,
0: Brennus was a real a real Gaul who did
1: sack Rome. Yeah. Rome and was so really... Okay, so that's like yeah. tied into a real historical event. Yeah. And then there's Arthur of Britain with his wife Guinevere, uh, Mordred who betrayed him, and his four knights, Cador of Cornwall, Gawain son of Loth, Bedivere the cupbearer, and the son of Shalke. Uh, between these three, a large percentage of the book is written, and specifically King Arthur himself receives an entire fifth of the book. Wow. In between these three and their supporting chieftains, the book touches upon many well-known Romans and lesser-known Britons, with some stories having kernels of truth in them, and others being uh, purely fiction. Uh, Some of the most famous characters that will appear in the history that you may have heard of are the giant Gogmagog. Right, yeah. That's biblical. No, no. It's not? Gog and Magog are not
0: from the Bible? Gog
1: and Magog are from the Bible. Gogmagog is probably just a corruption. But that he doesn't right. actually have anything to do with Gog and Magog. Oh, okay. Yeah. But the name is biblical. Yeah, uh yeah, there's um some people believe that it was possibly a corruption of Gar Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or just, like that, or just something like that. Or some kind of like Welsh name that eventually just became Gog Magog. Gotcha. <laughs> uh but yes, I did believe that it was from the biblical Gog and Magog as well. Okay for reading this.
0: Well um,
1: sorry everyone.
0: <laughs> I've let you all down. You thought I w- I know you thought I was like a like a an inexhaustible wellspring of knowledge and information yep. on, on history, but
1: So um, my face. <laughs> so I was going to get into that later. <laughs> the Gogmagog. Um Oh, then we can get I'll Yeah, we can get into it. Yeah. <laughs> um so uh there's also Lacrinus and Gwendolyn, there's Bladud and the founding of Bath, King Lear and his three daughters. Lude, the builder of London, Julius Caesar shows up, uh, there's cool. Claudius, Constantine, Merlin the Magician, Eutherpin the Dragon, Stonehenge, the building of Stonehenge, and even our boy St. Augustine. The Stonehenge. 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 <laughs> yeah, and uh, St. Augustine. Gonna build, of... We're
0: going to put up some rocks, right? And... Yeah. <laughs> what are we going to call Oh, you it? got
1: any more than big rocks in it? Stonehenge. You know?
0: We're going to call it Stonehenge. <laughs> No, that's what it's called. <laughs> What's an enge? It's just what What's are calling an eng, it. A
1: stone enge. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the first half of the book is a chronicle of historical events, uh, some more distant, some on the island of Britain, with many of the stories involving factual extravagance. <laughs> Eventually, we meet Merlin, the son of an incubus and of a princess, who had entered a nunnery, and later we learn of his soothsaying and prophecies. Uh, Due to the magical arts of Merlin, Arthur himself is born, and the history follows the striking life and reign of the king. However, the story of Arthur rather abruptly ends and transitions to Cadwallader and the fall of the Britons. Through the tales of Merlin and Arthur, Geoffrey would stake his claim in the development of European literature, and it is this section that would make the history last through time. And while the figure of Merlin is largely credited to Geoffrey, it is regarded as certain that the outline of the story came from Welsh sources— Arthur, however, is from a long tradition of references. And for whatever reason, the other conquerors in the tale between Brutus and Arthur, uh, or the other conqueror, uh, Belinus, he received little romantic appeal throughout the years. In fact, there are many characters throughout the story that resemble others, but really it was the Arthurian legend that would stand the test of time. And at the time of writing the, the history by Jeffrey, the text was copied a massive number of times. Still to this day, over 190 Latin manuscripts exist, and that includes 48 complete texts and two fragments of the 12th century. Wow. Yeah. So there's a lot of,
0: you know, old, old, old
1: yeah. copies of this. Yeah, there's a shit ton of old-ass copies of this stupid yeah. fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> oh and it is stupid. He yeah. is not a good writer. Well, it sounds really fun though. <laughs> it is. Yeah. But like so and I was reading up on this too and apparently like his Latin was not very good. Like he wrote in Latin, but he is not like, you know, he's he's not fucking like Cicero or Latin something.
0: Latin as she is spoke. Yeah.
1: And so like <laughs> and you can tell that the people have trouble translating it without keeping it as like Brutally, like straightforward, some of it. Yeah. So, like, some of those sentences are just from A to fucking B. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's it's just like it reads very goofily. Well, that's sort of like a
0: lot of uh, a lot of translations of the Bible are yeah. kind of like that, where like you're taking these stories that are like objectively like pretty fantastical and and wild and entertaining for yeah f- f- whatever else, um, <laughs> and they end up just reading like. And then he did say unto him, like, here is, I will make the universe. And it's like, cool. There's no artistry to that.
1: Yeah. I mean, this one's like straight up at times. It's like, so Brutus got a boat and he got his people on it and then they went to sail and then they ended up in Africa. (laughs) It's just like, yeah, very like, like and you could write a whole
0: book about like a a bunch of dudes sailing from Troy to Africa. Yeah. There's probably a million cool things you could write about that. And he's just like, yeah, so they got in a boat, and then, and then they were in Africa. And them. they
1: went there, and then they did this, okay, and then they did this, then this. Such and such did this, such and such did this, and then he met this. And <laughs> it's just, like, very, very chopped up. Right. Uh, but, yeah, so let's get into the story. Uh. So we'll get into Chapter 1. And there's only, there's only like, seven chapters, but I'm only going to do one today after okay. the intro. Uh, and this one is called Brutus Occupies the Island of Albion. Guess what happens in this chapter? Uh, my guess is that the
0: inventor yep. of pizza uh, decides that pepperoni is not the best flavor, and he decides yep. that uh, cheese is going to be the best flavor. That's just my guess. Don't tell me if I'm right or wrong. And...
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> yeah, Aww. wrong. Uh, so, Jeffrey begins by describing the island of Britain, naming its geora- uh, geographical features and its lying, quote, between Ireland and France. Well, Which, okay, he nailed that. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, you know. It's yeah, be, no, it it's is. kind of in the corner, you know.
0: No, it's between Ireland and France.
1: Yeah. It is. kind of in the corner. There's other countries there now, but like, fuck it, they didn't have those then. And yeah. Whatever. Um, so he then goes on to say it is inhabited by five races, those being the Norman French, mm-hmm. the Briton, the Saxons, the Picts, and the Scots. The Britons once occupied the entire land before the others and were overtaken by the vengeance of God because of their arrogance. And so they submitted to the Picts and the Saxons.
0: It's now thought that the Picts were a subset of Britons that also stayed around. Really? Yeah, that, that the Pictish language was not a Celtic language. It was, a, yeah. well, it was, but it wasn't like an Irish Celtic language. It was yeah. a, a, a Brythonic language.
1: And that yeah, modern because...
0: Scots Gaelic is, yeah. is descended from Irish Gaelic.
1: Huh. Yeah, because he also talks about Picts in uh, Gaul. Mm. Um, So, yeah, maybe, but they—they
0: were not—they
1: were were distinct people, not like what we would consider like modern Scots. They were their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after the Trojan War, Aeneas fled the city with Ascanius uh, and by boat made his way to Italy, where he fought the king of the Rutuli, Turnus, and defeated him, thereby seizing the kingdom of Italy and marrying Lavinia, daughter of King Latinus. Dope. After Aeneas died, Ascanius was elected king and founded the town of Alba on the bank of the Tiber. He had a son named Silvius who got involved with a niece of Lavinia and impregnated her. The soothsayers de- deigned the child would be a son who would cause the death of both parents, wander the land in exile, and then rise to the highest honor. Guess who the kid was? Um. Brutus. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> so the mother died in childbirth and bore a son and the boy was named brutus at 15 brutus killed his father Silvius with an unlucky shot of an arrow while out hunting brutus was exiled for this act and made his way to greece where he came across some of the defend- uh, descendants of the fall of troy and remained with them for some time becoming well known for his military skill The Trojans requested that Brutus become their leader in order to free them from Greek (laughs) subjugation, now numbering some 7,000 men, with women and children among them. Uh, After request from a uh, half-Trojan, half-Greek, Asaracus, I have no idea, Brutus relented and decided to lead the Trojans against the Greeks. You're going to learn that there are names like this that just come up and then you just fucking never hear about them. Yeah, you just never hear about them. Asaracus, he said, hey man, can you lead us? I'm half Brutus Trojan said yes, and, and then Asericus died on the spot. Just, just so you know, I'm half Trojan, half Greek, <laughs> and you lead us. <laughs> like, that's it. I <laughs> beseech thee, Brutus, lead yeah. us. <laughs> and then he just died. <laughs> yeah. uh, so after sending a letter of demand to the Greek king Pandrasus to either let them keep to the forest they had occupied in Greece... Uh, then uh, then the king should let them venture off to other lands to sell down, being granted freedom. So either let us hang out here, right, or give us shit to leave. But you yep. gotta do something for us. Make up your goddamn mind. Yep. Uh, so uh, Brutus would lead a successful battle against the Greeks that had come out looking for them, not being willing to let their slaves claim their own freedom, because they were they were slaves to Pandrasus at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. So during the battle, the king's brother Antigonus. Uh, was captured while the Greek forces were attempting a retreat and Antigonus had attempted a counterattack. The following day, the king besieged the castle garrison of the Trojans that they had claimed as their own before the battle and where Antigonus was held. Now, Brutus had also captured a friend of Antigonus. Again, Antigonus being the brother of the king Pandrasus. Uh, now, Antigonus' <laughs> friend... Got it. <laughs> it's yeah. to memory, no worries. Yeah, so... Antigonus had a friend named Anacletus Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, who who he used in concocting a plan to trick the besieging Greeks. Anacletus was to go to the besiegers and claimed he had escaped the castle with Antigonus, but Antigonus was bogged down in the woods because of his heavy shackles and they should come free him. Okay. Okay. Keep in mind at this point, this castle is completely surrounded by Greeks. Got it. And there's just like a small amount of Trojans inside and they're like, we're going to let you go, but you got to go and tell this story. Or, yeah oh we'll kill all of you <laughs> the reason we're letting you go is because we can't kill all of you, you need to you need to you need to share this let everyone know what happens when the greeks yeah. take a city yeah um so they were like yeah so just go tell them that antigonus he's in the woods and chains over there and uh so once a detachment made it to where anacleta said antigonus would be in the woods the trap would spring and brutus would slaughter them the plan worked perfectly and brutus made way to the siege Once at the besiegers, the Trojans move from camp to camp, just slaughtering the fuck out of them in their sleep. And I mean, like, they went on for, like, this... The description went on for a long time about them just going from tent to tent and just hacking fucking throats. Nice. (laughs) And then as people are waking up, they're just chopping off limbs and shit as they're, like, trying to, like, pick up their weapons and just absolutely massacring the fuck out of this camp. That rocks. (laughs) Yeah. And, um... So, just fucking from tent to tent, just, like, chopping throats up and shit. And so, uh, finally, at one point, Brutus gets to Pindrasus' tent, and he's like, nice, you haven't woken up yet, even though we've been doing this for, like, four hours. And he ties him up, and um, ties him up while the, the rest of the slaughter continues by the Trojans. Now, once the Trojans had all gathered together in the fortress, they debated on what to demand. After a while, a man named Membridius suggested Brutus request a marriage to Pandrasus' daughter, Ignoge. <laughs> yeah. Man. Listen, I'll take a different fucking name at this point than anything ending in us, even if it's Ignoge. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I only remember Brutus. <laughs> well, just note that there's also Pandrasus, who's the okay. king. He's the Greek king. Got it. Okay. Uh, so uh, a man named Membridius suggested Brutus yep. request a marriage to, to Pandrasus' daughter, Ignoge. Uh, oh, he wanted plenty of gold and silver, ships and grain and everything needed to journey far from Greece and resettle as settling anywhere in Pandrasus' kingdom would only inevitably lead to future bloodshed, as tensions would no doubt always run hot between the parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. Pandrasus was like, yeah, it definitely will run hot. <laughs> they don't call <laughs> me hot
0: Pandrasus for nothing, dog. Yeah.
1: And so he to the, Yeah, so he agrees to the terms, um, and he was even happy that his daughter, Ichnodge, was marrying such a noble man that just massacred his fucking people. And that he was so clearly of the race of Priam and Enchizis. It's like, damn, look at those noble Trojans. Trojans. Yeah. Now, the Trojans would set sail from Greece on over 300 ships after Brutus and Ignoge married and released Pandrasus from his bondage. Uh, and I really, really liked this line, so I decided to quote it. Uh, you can just see how stupid this like mm-hmm. writing is. Yeah, no, the Trojans the Trojans sailed away from his dominion with a following wind. Ignoge stood on the high poop and from time to time <laughs> fell fainting in the arms of Brutus. Well, dude, I mean, you know, you can only stand <laughs> on no for so long. I have no idea what the high poop is. It's the, the top deck. The, poop, the poop deck, oh, yeah, the is, poop like, deck yeah. is the top deck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, even, I didn't even put that together, but yeah, she stood on the high poop. You thought it was just, you thought no, it was I, just poop? No, I didn't think it was just poop. I was just like, I don't know what they're referring to. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I was hoping they didn't just have a pile of shit on the deck. It would be really funny if they referred to it as poop. <laughs> yeah. There's a big pile
0: of shit in the middle of the ship, and they refer to it as the high the poop. The high poop.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but anyway, I so say, I... we've got a rather high poop on board today.
1: It is, uh, very nice, a very tall poop. <laughs> uh, so after two days at sea, the Trojans came to an island called Leogedio, which had been uninhabited for many years after a pirate attack. Uh, so the Trojans killed a bunch of animals and found a deserted uh, city with a temple of Diana. The landing party told Brutus of the city and suggested he make an offering to the goddess to determine where she would grant them safe and permanent dwelling. Brutus made a sacrifice in the city to Jupiter, Mercury, and Diana. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do like that they use the Roman names. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I guess why would the Trojans use the Greek names? I don't know if they had their own. I don't know. They, they, <laughs> m- most
0: later writing always uses the Roman names. The Greek yeah. names didn't really come back into common names. Although is Diana the Greek name? Uh Diana is still Greek, but they kept it in Roman. Right. There are a couple okay. that stayed consistent. Yeah. no uh, no 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 no. What? Is is Diana Artemis in Greek? Diana Goddess.
1: Um Yeah, Artemis. Yep. Yeah. Diana's Artemis. Yeah, so they use two Roman names and one Greek. I don't know. <clears throat> thanks, Jeffrey. Um hey, so, what can you do? Yeah. So after the ceremony, the party fell asleep and in the middle of the night, Diana came to Brutus in a vision and she said to him, and I'm quoting here. Brutus, beyond the setting of the sun, past the realms of Gaul, there lies an island in the sea once occupied by giants. Now it is empty and ready for your folk. Down the years, this will prove an abode suited to you and to your people. And for your descendants, it will be a second Troy. A race of kings will be born there from your stock and the round circle of the whole earth will be subject to them fuck yeah dude yeah and so he goes up to his friends and he's like lol guys i think i just saw diana but that may have just been a dream yeah honestly like (laughs) i might have dreamt it but i think we should listen to it anyway so they were like dude that was obviously diana you dumb fuck (laughs) and so they're like we should definitely go to the island Uh, so they set sail again and after a month they arrive in africa uh unaware of which way to go they fought some pirates and, quote, became the richer by booty and plunder. Mm-hmm. So they became the pirates. Uh, after this, they continued traveling through North Africa and ravaged the countryside before setting sail through the Pillars of Hercules, which we now know as the Straits of Gibraltar. Yep. And they fought the sirens there, by the way. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. So, you know, a little odyssey action. Mm-hmm. Uh, they then found an exclave of Trojans led by a man named Corineus. Who is of such a high constitution uh, that even were he to face a giant, he could easily best it. Nice foreshadowing. <laughs> so the Corinius led Trojans joined up with Brutus, and later on Cornwall would be named after Quirinius. Uh So eventually they get to Aquitaine, which is in southwest France, and there they seriously fucked up some of those Pictish idiots by smashing their heads into pieces, just like pummeling them and killing their animals all right i'm gonna remember that yeah so finally the Gauls here in aquitaine all got together and they were like yo they're just like fucking our shit up we don't even know who these people are um so they attacked the trojans the trojans repelled them and in particular Corineus was just punting losers to the one yard line just like (laughs) all over the battlefield and just smashing them to pieces like he was just completely fucking laying waste to these idiots right on um so then they marched across the countryside, sacking all of the cities along the way, and just generally being dicks. Uh, I'm going to read a couple quotes here. Uh, he therefore burned the cities far and wide, heaping up fire upon fire. He carried away the goods which he had looted in these cities and even ravaged the open fields. He brought pitiable slaughter on both townsfolk and peasantry, for his plan was to exterminate this unhappy race down to the last man. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Dope. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, however, he came to the site of the city that would come to be known as Tor, uh which in this history is founded by Brutus. Uh, so he measured out a camp for refuge, worrying about Gophar the Pict coming back, and once settled in, they waited for Gophar's return. Mm-hmm. So after initially winning the Battle of Tours, the tide quickly turned and a siege was placed on the camp by Gophar. Corinius uh, devised a plan and snuck out of the city with 3,000 men, while Brutus launched an attack the next day. Turnus, <laughs> the second strongest of the Trojans, slaughtered 600 Gauls on his way uh, on his own before dying and being buried at the spot. Thus, the name Tur. Nice.
0: Uh,
1: so, in actuality, the city was originally named Turones after the Turoni tribe, and the Roman Emperor Augustus was the one who found it as a true city under the name. Uh, cesaro dunham or hill of caesar eventually in the fourth century it would be renamed civitas turonum and eventually just tour mm. so yeah
0: i love how like in hindsight with the benefit of modern uh historiography we we can just absolutely unmask all of the the bullshit yeah. that is jeffrey of monmouth like yeah. this guy was literally just sitting in his room he's like how do you think history came about think jeffrey think
1: Oh, I bet how you. How do wish?
0: Yeah. How do you wish Britain came about? So, so okay. the city
1: is called Tor. What if this dude Tornis fucked some people up there and was nice. buried? <laughs> and He's you like that's it, a dope Jeffrey.
0: idea, dude. Jeffrey, let's you get, keep we're coming going, up dude, with we're these going, hits. We're going.
1: Let's keep going. Let's, Honestly, we're
0: how would anybody? How would anybody ever even know I was making this up? And they didn't yeah. for a really long time.
1: Yeah. Well, I you know I'm sure some of the people that lived in the the city of Tour knew that was bullshit.
0: Maybe, but I mean, how would yeah. you know if somebody if you had, if you didn't have the internet and someone told you that the city of New Bedford Stop. was Stop. founded by a guy named
1: Don't have the internet. Don't want to do it. Nope, not gonna think about. It. <laughs> okay, I'll think about it.
0: Do you want the scenario or are you actually, <laughs> yeah, found, I, just, I, I thought you to... were trying to tell me to stop like I was fucking up, like I was doing something wrong. Oh now, no. <laughs> imagine you live in the city of New Bedford. You don't have the internet. And some guy's like, yeah, you know, that New Bedford was founded by a uh, Novus Bedfordinum. Uh, who was a, <laughs> it was a, a guy from Troy. Yeah. What are you just going to look at him dead in the face and be like, no, fuck you.
1: Yeah. Really? Like, yeah, the guy had three goddamn dicks too. Yeah, man. He, he fought the sirens. You, yeah. you heard of them. He yeah. tamed uh he tamed a whale and went the bride his it. dad knew Aeneas. You know Aeneas from Aeneid. <laughs> you heard of that? Yeah, you know uh
0: yeah, you know Aeneas. Yeah. Uh who's somebody okay, you don't believe me? Who's someone else you know? Homer? Yeah. Um Yeah, Homer wrote about him, yeah, actually. Yeah, uh, Homer actually wrote about him. Yeah. That's another yeah. guy Hercules? Uh, Pillars of Hercules. No, that actually out there in the harbor, that's the Pillars of Hercules. Yeah. You never heard that? Did you see all them rocks piled up over there? Dude, honestly, that we don't know you where it came about from? That? Those are the pillars. Yeah. So, I mean, you tell me.
1: Hercules put those rocks there.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm. Oh, I'm lying. <laughs> oh, I'm lying. No, 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 dude. I'm telling you.
1: I'm an expert. I learned it from my friend Walter. Yeah. Um. All right. So anyway, eventually, Corineus's uh, surprise attack worked perfectly. Surprise, surprise, and the Gauls were driven from the field. Uh, so Brutus and the Trojans packed up all their loot and hopped onto their ship, ready to Dude, this is so fucking find. wild. I'm sorry, but the Trojans. I'm just every time you <laughs> yeah. say this,
0: I'm just like, what are we talking about? Oh yeah, we're talking about Britain. like the supposed founding of Britain.
1: And the Trojans are just coming from like fucking as uh, far away Asia Minor, dude. Turkey. They're coming from yeah, they're Turkey. coming from like fucking Syria, Turkey, yeah. And they're like, we're just laying waste across the countryside everywhere we go, fucking people up until we get to these islands, because the god Diana told us to.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so they hop on their ships ready to find the fabled island. So the Trojans land on the island of Britain, which at this point is called Albion. Uh, so the island was uninhabited, except for some poor giants that were about to get their asses handed to them. The Trojans got there, they fucking kicked the giant's asses all over the place, uh, and drove them into the caves and the mountains, and they're like, this shit's ours now, and they divide the land up. Brutus renamed the island Britain after himself, mm-hmm. and called his people the Britons. I am Brutus. This is Britain. You are my Britons. Mm-hmm. So the language they spoke called until that point either Trojan or Cro- crooked Greek. Crooked then Greek to be called British. I do like crooked Greek. Yeah. So I again, wish it was another still thing called that. Like that's just another thing where Jeffrey just must be riffing. Yeah. He's like, yeah, they were speaking Trojan. Although you know, some people <laughs> would say maybe a little bit the rock It was funny they say, Greek. That's crooked greek though. That's that stupid greek they speak. They
0: called it funny greek, which is of course where we get the herb fenugreek. Okay, and a lot of people hear fenugreek and they think that sounds a lot like fennel, and that's actually also how fennel was named. Now, the thing about fennel, it sounds a lot like the word kennel. Now, funnily enough, that's actually how the word funnily was invented, but also the word kennel. And kennel, which sounds a lot like Kent, that's the city of Kent. So yeah. You know, it's all history, folks. I mean, that's what we got here. It's just, it's it, it's all in the words, if you're willing to look. My name's Jeffrey of Monmouth. And please <laughs> buy my book.
1: <laughs> um, so, Corineus was like, I like this part in the southwest over here uh, on Britain. And I'm going to call it Cornwall. And I'm going to call my people the Cornishmen. And that's because I'm Corineus. Uh, now, a lot of giants <laughs> lived in this region, and Corineus often wrestled with them. He was just fucking just mud wrestling with giants. I mean, dude, who doesn't want to wrestle yeah. with their boys? A little rough house now yeah. and then just reminds you of the Pecking Order. Yeah. And in particular, there was one vile giant named Gog Magog. Uh, so here's where I was going to say it before. It's potentially not named after Gog and Magog from the Bible, uh, but rather a corruption of some old Welsh, a uh, Garmadoc or some shit like There's that.
0: There's also an old. Um, like an old new wave of British heavy metal band called Gog Magog. Oh
1: yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, so now Gog Magog was twelve feet tall and could rip oak trees from the ground. So he was. Uh, he had enough of these Britons and these Cornishmen, and he led a group of giants. Uh, on a raid, and they just killed a bunch of Britons. Uh, so then the Brit- so the Britons then slaughtered all the giants on the island except Gog Magog. And and um our boy Brutus was like, No 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 no. I wanna see Corinius fuck this one up (laughs) And so (laughs) so uh uh finally uh he was just like, Oh hell yeah, you saved Gogmagog for me? Hell yeah, so they fought and uh finally after a brutal battle and Corinius like breaking having multiple ribs broken by Gogmagog. Who just like grabbed him with one hand and like smashed them. <laughs> uh, he uh, finally overcame Gogmagog, picked him up, put him onto his shoulders, and ran him nine miles down the coast to a cliff and just tossed him into the sea. And Gogmagog hit a spire of rocks and just like shattered into pieces like glass. Cool. Now this. Uh, now Geoffrey of Monmouth says that this place is called Gogmagog's Leap uh, to this day. In reality, it still exists, and it's called Giant's Leap.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. So now, uh, Thorpe notes, the nine-mile run to the coast is, uh, um, was. it was said by Thorpe in a note, and he said that Joffrey could not have known uh, that the town of Totten is where the battle was held, and the coast were nine miles apart. So he says, like, oftentimes what Jeffrey says is just, like, insane, the distances. They don't make any sense. Uh, so he just said he ran from the town of Totnes to the coast and threw him off, but that's really, like, nine miles. Right. And this dude just had, like, broken ribs. Um, so then Brutus <laughs> built a capital at the River Thames and called it Troia Nova, which I like is Latin, um, uh, which eventually came to be called uh, Trinovantum. Eventually, a man named Lude, whose brother <laughs> Casavillanus, fought Julius Caesar in his invasion, gained control of the kingdom, and, fortis- and fortified the city, naming it Cerud, or Lude City. Mm. and that's the end of that
0: all right and that's and so now and here we have the city of london yeah Wow, what a concise and accurate telling. I, love, <laughs> I loved yeah. the characters. I loved the setting. I found it so believable. I think Geoffrey of Monmouth should be up
1: for some sort of award. My favorite is the fact right at the end where, like, well, there's two brothers, Lude and Cassavillanus. Yeah. I think we know which one was the favorite brother. And yeah. for
0: our first son, the beautiful and glorious name, Cassavillanus. And what's that? There's he got a twin yeah um lewd. Uh, lewd. i don't know yeah yeah no 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 lewd yeah. it's lewd i said the whole thing it's lewd just move on yeah we got two kids castle yeah. and lewd yeah that's like almost as bad as you see this a lot in history where like somebody dies like a little kid dies and then they have yeah. another kid and just name it that kid's name yeah that's
1: like, Well, we we were really settled on that name. Yeah, so we really liked that name. Up.
0: I always wanted a son named that, and you weren't my first choice of that son. But God damn it,
1: here yeah. you are. So. But God granted me another son, and I granted him the same name. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. it's better luck for you, yeah. son. So don't die, kid. Hey, listen. Because I don't want to do this a third time. I can keep
0: doing this, but it's it's taking a bit of a toll on your mom. So we're going yeah. to try to hold off on that. Yeah. Man, wow, okay, so, hey, I never knew that that's where, that's where uh, Britain came from and that London was yeah. named after Lude. <laughs> I didn't know all that. Yeah. Apparently, well, I'm maybe descendant of the Trojans. Yeah, you Yeah, you have Trojan blood. I'm going to put that on the next census. Yeah. <laughs> uh, other <laughs> Trojan. Other Trojan. C, yeah. Geoffrey of Monmouth. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> yeah. Trojans. Man, yeah, i heard of them. I got to read this book. It sounds like a real a real fun but also really dry. It's like a really fun and zany story told in the most dry way possible.
1: I, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's told dryly. Okay. Like I said like so like some of the language I used I took right from it. Like he, yeah. he, like Geoffrey of Monmouth strip says that, Gog, that there was one vile giant named Gogmagog. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. That's pretty fun. Yeah. Like it, it's it's written stupidly but not dryly. Right, so it's wet. Yeah, and like, like I said, like dude, his descriptions of those like slaughters and shit are like, they're so gratuitous. Top tier. Like, like, dude, like he's just like going on and on about the gnarly shit that's happening during them. Like they're just going tent to tent and just fucking ripping limbs apart.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine like being so bored of your day at work? And yeah. your day at work is just like opening a tent. oh God. fucking <laughs>
1: dude, <yeah. laughs> Kill, like,
0: kill, I... kill, kill. And then you say, so, oh man, again. And then you open the other and you're hoping, like, I hope there's only like two guys in this one. You open up fucking four guys and you're yeah. blah, 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 stab, 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 stab. Yeah, oh, dude. Man. But like,
1: I had to like really like shorten some of those things. So I'm like, this motherfucker is going on for like a page and a half about the people just being slaughtered right now. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to. He killed. Some folks were killed. <laughs> I just think it's funny that,
0: like, he skipped over, like, and then they got in a boat, and then they were in Africa, and that's, like, two seconds, and then he's like, yeah. but you want to know how they killed everybody in every tent? Yeah. Get ready. Do you
1: want, yeah, and he's like, but do you want to know what they did in Gaul? They... And then it's just, like, pages and pages of them just absolutely eviscerating the entire country. Our priorities
0: have always been in the same place. Nothing's changed.
1: Yep, yeah. <laughs> Crooked Greek. speaking crooked greek it's like so stupid and funny the man
0: speaks crooked greek yeah i don't know i feel like there's a saying there that that we could start (laughs) well awesome i mean that was great i look forward to diving back into jeffrey of monmouth uh do you plan on doing this consecutively or do you think we're gonna like take breaks and come back to it periodically
1: i might do it for my next one but i don't plan to do the entire thing consecutively
0: cool Yeah, yeah i'm excited and I think we, we really just touched the surface of this actual story because yeah. we had to do so much lead-in to tell you yeah, what this yeah, book I mean, was.
1: Yeah, so, like, the next part of it, I'm thinking um, I'll do, like, a few chapters, which is part two, before the Romans came, mm-hmm. part three, the coming of the Romans, <laughs> Nice. and then part four, the House of Constantine. So I think I might do those three as the next one. All right, cool. Yeah, I'm excited. This was fun. Yeah. I liked it. All right, Any, yo, you want to play some fucking magic, dude? Yeah,
0: dude, absolutely. I'm honestly, this is the least exciting part of my night. Now that this is over with, we can get to the real fun. Yeah. Magic: The Gathering Arena. Honestly, if there was one company that was gonna sponsor us, I hope it's them, cause yeah. I just want free packs. Yeah, that'd free be awesome. Packs.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, Matt, uh, Wizards of the Coast. If you would like, we will do advertisements for you.
0: Literally shameless advertisements (laughs) for nothing
1: but in-game
0: rewards. I don't need real-world money. I don't need fucking anything. I just want you to give me packs, free packs. Yeah. All right, cool, man. This was awesome. And uh, you guys can follow us on Twitter. We'll have the links in the episode description. Uh, As always, all of our music is done by Interesting Times Gang. Please check them out. That link will also be in the description. Um, Yep. Jeffrey of Monmouth, you know, big ups to him. Uh, all of his info, his Goodreads profile yeah, will be in the less, description. Yeah, um, yeah and um, job less.
1: Uh, yeah, we just yeah. we just hope yeah. you guys. Hope you guys <laughs> yeah, uh, and also if you enjoyed uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please uh, rate and review us uh, on Apple, and um, please tell your friends uh, if you enjoy it. If you think uh, if you're embarrassed of us, then you don't need to. <laughs> no 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 you still do need to you can even
0: we don't honestly care why we get the listens you can tell your yeah, friends yo check out this dumbass bullshit we don't care as long as they're downloading and listening tell your friends sure yeah
1: yeah you can do episodes of your podcast about how bad our podcast is we like don't give which we just did to jeffrey of monmouth yeah we are your jeffrey and i can't wait to hear what
0: jeffrey of monmouth has to say about us yeah All
1: right, anyway, uh, yeah, so, good. right, all right, have a good night, guys.